Good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord. It's a blessing to come into the house of the Lord and give him the honor, praise, and glory due to his holy name. Our hope is that you will encounter God this morning as we hear his word, sing his praises, and bring him our worship. We welcome all who will listen to this broadcast later this week. For an opening scripture passage, let's turn to Psalm 92. And we'll start reading with verse 12. That's Psalm 92, verse 12. And it reads as the following. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. These are precious promises. Let's walk in surrender and obedience to God in order that these promises reach their full potential. Let's pray. Lord God, we approach your throne of grace and thank you for salvation, which is in you and in you alone. We thank you that there is no other God like you, for you alone have paid the sin debt of the whole world. Help us to walk in a real and personal love relationship with you so that we will recognize and obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit within us. Make us wise unto your ways and receive our worship, for we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'll ask the ladies to come forward and sing. Good morning. Please rise with us and let's sing together. Shout to the north. Shout! 
If you'd like, you can be seated for the next song. Christ is mine forevermore.
for leading us this morning. Should take your bulletins and we'll look at the concerns and activities of the church. This week, week at Winker Berktaller, there's a women's prayer group on Tuesday at 9.30 and a ministerial meeting at 10 o'clock. Focus on missions this week, uh, Pemina Valley Bible Camp, and uh, those serving with power to change, keep them in prayer. 
uplift them. Education committee is working at starting a Sunday school program this fall. They would appreciate your prayer support for this to happen. If you know of any children who would like to attend or would like to be more involved, please contact one of the committee members or the church office. Persons with health needs, uh, Wally Neufeld, Marge Thiessen, Ann Weens are at Boundary Trails Health Center. Uh, Jeremiah Alexier is back at home, but uh, he still has uh, lots of difficulties, so remember these people in prayer. And we're thankful that Wally was able to attend his son's wedding yesterday. Uh, Menno and Eddie Jansen are no longer at Bethel Hospital, but have been transferred to Carmen Hospital. Remember them in prayer. And uh, Ray Drieger will be having hip surgery at Boundary Trails and uh, will need prayer for recovery. An expression of sympathy to the uh, Tina Fair family, mother to Rosella Ediger. She passed away this week, and I believe the funeral is this afternoon. Uh, we have a new uh, staff member. Personnel committee is pleased to welcome Peter Fair as custodian. He has started his position as of Monday, uh, this week Monday on the 15th. Remember the birthdays and anniversaries, a lot of milestones. And uh, again, there's the suggestion box in the back of the church next to the uh, mailboxes there. If you have any uh, things that you would bring to the attention of the church or uh, just put those suggestions in that box. Would the ushers please come forward? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are in awe of you and who you represent and what you represent. We look at creation and see your divine inspiration in the beauty and intricate design. You, cre you created male and female, blessed them and called them mankind in the day they were created. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, seasons, day and night, they will not cease. Lord, you have ordained it, and I pray that you would not let mankind pervert it. Lord, your mysterious works are beyond our comprehension, but we view, but we view them with trust in your perfect, trustworthy character. Lord God, forgive us where we have sinned and erred. Lord, you have created us as humans, and with that comes frailty and many needs. We pray that you would grant healing and restoration to Jeremiah Alexie, Wally Neufeld, Marge Thiessen, and Ann Weens, and to Menno and Eddie Jansen and Carmen Hospital, as well as Ray Drieger, who will be having hip surgery at Boundary Trails this week, as well as a host of others struggling with health needs in our congregation. Be the God of comfort to the Tina Fair family as they mourn the loss of a loved one in the family. We pray for the staff and campers at Pemina Valley Bible Camp that the truth of your word would be taught and retained by the campers. Be the guardian of their ways. Lord, we pray for encouragement and for an evangelistic outreach for all those serving with power to change. Lord, we pray that you would give divine guidance to our education committee as they plan for a fall Sunday school program. I pray that it would attract many children and that we as a congregation would go and invite children to come and attend and learn about Jesus. Lord God, I pray that we would conduct the activities of this church in a way that it can be blessed by you. We thank you for all the gifts, tithes, and offerings that flow from your hand. Continue to bless those that give and multiply the gifts in service to you. We thank you for all the participants serving this morning's worship service 
and for their willingness to serve. Bless each one for their service. Anoint your servant, Pastor Dean, as he preaches the word, and may it open our spiritual eyes to the truth of your word, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. morning. It's with excite, excitement to share with you about our VBS week. Diving into God's love was our theme. We all together as a church family prayed for this venture to happen and God blessed it. We had 23 children registered but not all of them came. 18 was our highest attendance. I am very thankful for the committee that worked hard to make it a rich experience of learning, fun, and fellowship for the children, but also for the parents who chose to stay. While the children were being taught the Bible stories, the parents were invited to have coffee and fellowship in our fellowship hall, hosted by ladies from our congregation. Thank you to Susan and the custodians for going the extra mile with us. Our morning started off with two friendly ladies welcoming the children to register them and giving them a name tag. Then singing, the Bible story, an object lesson, memory verse, crafts, games, a snack, and back to our room for a special speaker from our congregation to share about God's faithfulness. We learned that we are to obey God, trust God, love God, and share God's love. In any work being done, we see some persons at the site, but mostly there are more people working behind the scene 
than on the scene. We have tried to capture all the people on picture who worked with us, but probably missed some. Sorry about that. And thank you to Pastor Victor for dropping in to see the action and for praying with us. On Friday, there was a lunch served for all the volunteers. It seems to me in this slideshow, there should be a picture added to the slideshow that would be of all of you because you prayed and you encouraged, and that is huge. Thank you so much. I would like to conclude with one of the memory verses from the Bible that we learned. This is love for God to obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. 1 John 5, verse 3. Yes, that's right. A big thank you to Anna and the, all who are involved with the VBS program. It's uh, great to see that happen. And I'm sure the kids' lives get affected. For uh, our scripture reading uh, this morning, uh, we've chosen a passage out of uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Again, that's Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. And the heading in my Bible read, Do good to please God. Starting with verse 1. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees it in secret will himself reward you openly. It's hard to believe that the summer is slipping away so quickly and already we're in, coming into the end of August and the last week of, of August and it seems that things have gone so very quick. I enjoyed the slide presentation. Wasn't that great to see how many people within our body were working together to put on the VBS? So many participants and the children that came out and it was all worth it because we get to share the gospel, we get to uplift Christ in the midst. So once again, thank you for everyone who participated um, in the VBS and it was exciting to watch that slide presentation. Almost everywhere we go today, surveillance cameras are monitoring us. They're all over the place, in stores, in street corners, schools, hospitals, airports, and everywhere possible that you can imagine. If there is no surveillance camera, then there's someone out there with their camera or with their phone taking pictures or doing a video. I remember in 2011, the Vancouver Stanley Cup riot. If you can remember if that, if you follow hockey at all, a lot of people who committed acts of crime following the Stanley Cup when they had lost, all of a sudden they had been recorded and caught doing things that they should not be doing. At any given time, on any given day, your picture is being taken or you are being videoed. 
In seconds, it can go viral and the whole world can see. Almost everywhere you go today, your actions are being caught on video. I remember one cartoon I saw some time ago depicted a man going at night into a business that was walled off or fenced to do some stealing. On the side of the building was a big sign that read, if you are going to steal, at least smile. Now, interesting thing about all this, and that most of us are more concerned what people think than what God thinks. Isn't that true? Sometimes we wonder, well, do I look right? Well, how will people perceive me? But most important is how does God see us? How does he see you? How does he see myself? He sees our thoughts, he knows our intents, he knows our actions, he knows everything about us. And this morning we want to take a look at the first four verses of Matthew chapter 6. So take your Bibles and turn with me to this chapter. However, before I go any further, I want to give you some background to this chapter. Matthew chapter 6 can be broken down into two parts with the verses 1 through 18 and then verses 19 through 34. The first part deals with a believer's righteous living towards his fellow man and his relationship to God. In the clue, this includes giving, praying, and fasting. All three are acts of righteousness that we are called as believers to perform. But all three can be done with, and all three can be done with pure motives or impure motives. And the second part of the chapter in verses 19 through 34 deals with how we conduct ourselves in the world. We are to live in the world and yet not be part of it, the scriptures tell us. Believers are called not to lay up treasures for themselves here on earth, but yet they need food, clothes, and shelters. And the Lord knows that. He knows about our needs. The whole teaching is that God, that, the whole teaching is that we can get so caught up in providing and caring for ourselves that we have no time for the Lord's work. And sometimes that happens to us. We're busy individuals going here, going there, doing this and doing that. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 10 says this, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and each that each may receive what is due him for the things done, in the uh, done while in the body, whether good or bad. Yes, we have got to give an account. Our sins have been paid for. We've been purchased with the blood of Christ. Our salvation is sure, but how we served will be examined before the Lord. There the gifts, uh, pardon me, there the rewards and the lack of rewards will be put forth. You and I will give an account and be rewarded for showing kindness to others. Being patient when we could have lost our patience. Loving our enemies, going the second mile, persevering through a trial which God, with God's help, using our gifts to serve others, holding church positions that were impossible for you to do in your own strength, but because you cried out to God, God blessed it. 
Praying for others when you didn't feel like praying anymore? Giving financially and sacrificially by denying yourself something you needed? Or maybe that you simply wanted to enjoy yourself? The list will go on for many, for many things you did for the Lord in his strength and he will reward you for your faithfulness. It will not go unnoticed before the Lord. However, there will be loss of rewards for the things that God equipped and blessed us to do, but we didn't do them. For example, we, when we gave a piece of our mind to someone who put, when we gave a piece of our mind to someone with harsh words because they said something harsh to us, when we struck back, we were hurt with a, pardon me, when we struck back, when we were hurt with someone else's words and we gave back. When we refused to forgive a brother or sister who wounded us deeply, we will all give an account for a bad word, an attitude held, a lust that was enjoyed and pondered, lie spoken, gossip we started or passed on, people's characters we have slandered or maligned. And we will weep before the Lord for our unfaithfulness that has happened at our times when we did not trust the Lord. Erden Lutzer says this. He says, there will be tears in heaven. The script, and how do we know that? Because in heaven, God will wipe away every tear. It's not until we get to heaven that God wipes away. At the great white throne judgment, which we do not appear, only unbelievers, at that time, they will go to their destination. For the believer, as we come before the judgment seat of Christ, we give an account for how we lived our lives. And there will be tears of regret. But in spite of our tears of regret, God one day wipes them away. Of course, there's loss of rewards, and there's gaining of rewards. And while we are here on earth, we're called to give ourselves completely to the work that Christ has called us to do. So it is with a sobering thought that we realize that God is watching, and he will judge us and not people. Not people. Nobody's going to be judging anybody in heaven. We stand before the Lord, the one who has called us, the one who has given his life for us. Let's turn our focus now upon Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. This morning I've entitled this message, Living Righteously Before God in Giving. Living righteously before God in giving. We are always giving. We, ought, we just don't give finances to the Lord. We give of ourselves, first of all. We give of our gifts. We give of our talents. We give of our time. And we give of our finances. 
living righteous before God in giving number one by seeking the fine line of balance found in verse one. There is a fine line of balance. Look at verse one and listen again what Jesus is telling his followers. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Yet this seems to contradict the teaching Jesus had previously spoken in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 through 16. It almost seems like the opposite is being placed here. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, you put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Somehow, these two statements seem to contradict each other. In one sentence, we are told to let our light shine so that people will see our good deeds. In another statement, we are advised not to do our righteous acts before men. And how do you parallel? How do you put these two different things together? Here, the motive is being weighed. When we give or do any good deeds, we are not purposely calling attention to ourselves to receive the praise. This comes from selfish motives and an inflated ego, and inflates our ego, which can feed our pride. Thus, Jesus is saying we are to do good deeds in front of others so that God will receive the praise. If the praises go to us and not God, we are robbing God of his glory. The praise should not go to us. It is only with his strength that we are even capable of doing his calling. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and Barnabas healed a man who was crippled. And immediately the, the people began out to cry out to them, the gods have come, the gods are here. And Paul and Barnabas tore their clothes. They said, we aren't gods. We didn't do the miracle. It is because we're sharing the gospel and in Jesus' name. They pointed the glory to Christ. Now, this does not mean we shouldn't encourage people in church when they use their gifts and talents. We want to say thank you, for example, the VBS and all the people who participate. Thank you for your dedication, your faithfulness, and doing it out of a heart of love. And we need to encourage other, but we also realize that everybody who has served has served because they depended on Christ's strength. In the past, history has shown us that Christians have lived lives 
tempted to the two extremes. Either they have lived as hermits and monks, never doing any good deeds in front of others because they were scared that they would lose their rewards. Or the opposite is true. People have done it and they were doing it for praise of people rather than the praise of God. And if we do work, we should want a reward. But that reward is from Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. It does not say don't think about treasures in heaven. It says may your goal be up there and not down here as we serve the God together. There, that is why living righteously before God in giving is a, there is a fine balance. A fine balance. And we want to serve God with our complete heart fully given to him. Now we come to the second step of living righteously before God in giving. Number two, by not seeking the applause of others found in verse two. By not seeking the applause of others. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Remember, you and I can do good things out of wrong motives. It's possible to do that. We're doing it out, it's good, but it's the wrong motives. Giving to the poor in Jesus' name and other times was always very important. There were no government handouts or safety nets. If people didn't receive help from others, they would die. However, if one is not careful, one's acts can quickly become self-gratification from the praises one receives from people. That should not be the reason why we give, why we serve, why we do good deeds, or why we serve in the community, or anyone, whether they are our neighbor or our friend or whoever they may be. We should not do acts of kindness or good do deeds just to get praise from others. We must be ever mindful that sin is very subtle. We can be running around doing all kinds of good deeds, gracious acts for others, thinking that we are serving the Lord when in fact we are simply serving ourselves to maintain our egos or our praise that would come our way. Jesus tells us that people who do these things have already received their rewards in full. They have been blessed down here and don't expect anything from the Lord when you stand before him. They got what they wanted. This makes us think that we are either pleasing God or pleasing ourselves in everything we do. That's true. We're either pleasing God or pleasing ourselves. We must always ask ourselves the question, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? 
What is my motive? If our motive is wrong, it does not mean that we should not be doing the righteous acts, but we should be changing our motives and changing whether we are trying to win people's approval. But we still should serve God and we should change and say, I want to serve you, Lord, because you have called me to do it and you have equipped me to do it. Change our motives. Change our hearts, Lord. Change us from the inside out. That's why these three verses say, we should not let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. Simply don't get that mixed up with God. Don't receive the applause of men. Receive the applause of God. And if people say and applaud you, just say, thank you. The glory goes to him who created me. Now we come to the last step of living righteously before God in giving. Number three, by seeking the praise of God himself. Verse three and four. We must seek the praise of God himself. We must always keep at the forefront in our lives the ultimate object in our life, which is to please God. That's what we want to do. When Jesus was asked of all the commandments which were the greatest, he replied, the most important one answered, this is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. The love, and it is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Summed up with means in with your entire being. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than these. Two of them that sum up everything in the Old Testament completely. Everything that we need to do. Love God and love your fellow man as yourself. Now here's the sad part about all this. No one of us here today has fulfilled this command or the second one. Not one of us. And I was shocked. I first heard this from another individual giving a lecture, and I thought to myself, wow, I didn't realize that none of us had done it. And I went to the commentators and read them. They said the same thing. None of us have done it. We have sinful lives. And there's times that the old man slips inside, and we end up serving ourselves rather than God. And sometimes we have that heart's desire. We want to do what is right, and we don't do it. Have you ever tried to serve and do what is right and end up failing? I think we all have done this. There's no such thing as a true altruist person. An altruistic means unselfishly concerned or for or devoted to the welfare of others all the time. That's what it is. 
In other words, one does good deeds without ever expecting anything in return. There is no such person alive because we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have a sinful nature and we all desperately need God every day of our life every hour, every minute, and every second. Everything we do has a reason why we do it. And it should be the focus because God is our focus. We are, are, we are to please him and him only because he is the only one who rewards us. He is the only one we have to give an account don't worry about others. The most important is to please God and Him and Him alone. Therefore, we shouldn't do things to please men or get their applause. Any reward they can give us is temporarily. It is only for the here and now, but the one that God gives is for eternity. The one that God gives the applause and the praise that he gives to you will be for eternity. As parents, when our children do well, we want to reward them, don't we? And it's important to reward our children. Some people think, oh, well, kids should just do it for kindness and, and because they, they're taught to do it. No, it's nice to reward them. I like what Dobson has said many years ago when a lady asked him about should we reward our kids? And he said to her, when you go to work, do you get rewarded for your work? She says, yes, I get paid. Well, so should your children get paid for some of the things that they do. When they live in our households and they're young, there's things that they should get paid for. There are things that because they are a part of the family, they should not get paid for because that's part of being the family. But whenever we can reward others, that is important. As long as we keep the rewards balanced, that it is not their greatness, but we are giving them this to promote godliness in their lives. Jesus is the supreme example of pleasing God. So Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 30, By myself I can do nothing. I, I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just. For I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And so that should be your calling and my calling, we are here to serve the Lord. The problem is that you and I can never say this because we don't ever seek to please God 100% of the time. We don't. There's just sometimes self gets in the way. And we will have to give an account for this. Be on guard against living a life of hypocrisy. On the outside, you and I may look like we are serving God unselfishly, but on the inside, we may be really serving ourselves. But no one can see that, and no one can make judgments. And that's why no, you can't judge your neighbor, and your neighbor can't judge you because no one sees the heart. There is only one individual, and that is God. And that's who we need to be right with all the time, coming before the Lord. 
Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. I'll give you a moment to look up this portion of scriptures, and we are to be on guard. Be on guard. Verse 1. Luke chapter 12, be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. I tell you, my friends, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after killing the body, has the power to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. And who is the him? It is God. It is the God who throws people into hell, but it is his love who also died to save man, you and I, from hell. In the context of this passage, it simply means that everything that is done with hypocrisy and impure motives will be made known. This should terrify us because none of us love a perfect life. We will all give an account for what we have done in the flesh before the Lord at the judgment seat of Christ. So I close with this. What are you and I going to do because we have all lived lives such as this? There's no one that is spotless, no one who is guiltless. And here we look at the person. Why is that? It's found in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 through 10. It says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. There is only one solution. And here it is. We must run to Christ. We must flee to him because he is the only one who can help us. There is no one else. The Bible says he will be the judge and we will stand before him. But right now he is our savior, advocate, strength, and friend who will help us in our time of need. We all need to cry out to the Lord and he will rescue us. He can turn our path. He can keep us from stumbling as we lay ourselves before him, but we must come to him. And too often we don't do that. Too often we run ahead of him. And when we are pressed for time, what is the first thing that we give up? We give up spending time in his word and time in his prayer. And that is what will keep us from stumbling. My challenge for you this week is to get into prayer 
and seek him so that you can live a life that will totally bring honor and glory to him, that he will be exalted and Christ will see and people will see Christ in our lives. Please stand if you're able and we'll sing number 582, I'm pressing on the upward way. We'll sing all verses. before us, alongside of us, and carry us through. The Apostle Paul says this, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at, that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you that in the midst of our hardships and as we serve you, you have promised that when we cry out to you, 
you will carry us through. It is impossible to live the Christian life without your strength, help, and grace. We pray now that as we leave this building, you will go with us, and Lord, that you would call us to the throne of prayer each and every day when we bow before you. Go with us now as we go our separate ways. For this we pray in Christ's name, amen. And may you go in the strength of his grace and peace.